You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Blake Ritterman, along with John Clark. And John, just another fabulous segment last time with uh, Tom Zimmer and Sarah Carlstrom from Core Expeditions. It really, you know, I hadn't heard about it until this was talking about it. It, it, To me, it's, I'm a hunter, so I I love to be out, and it's very easy for me to experience wonder when you're walking through a field. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way they describe, you know, what they do and how they can bring groups in and what, how it develops and how they grow, just, it's just got to be a tremendous uh, mission for them. Just a beautiful thing. Again, that's coreexpeditions.org out of Lander, Wyoming to get some more information. Um, in this segment, we're uh, speaking with Father Andrew Young from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. He's going to tell us a little bit about his unique vocation story. Uh, good morning, Father. Good morning. How are you guys today? Doing well. Wonderful. Doing well. It's a beautiful good. day here. So thank you so much for your time. So Father, for the for the listeners, you're from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, give us just a little bit about yourself and then go right into your, your vocation story. Okay, yep. I'm a, I'm a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Happy to uh, served the people of eastern South Dakota. And, and so I grew up in South Dakota. I um, was born and raised in Mitchell. As you might know, the world's only corn palace. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> but I was, I never went to, I mean, I was always a member of uh, Holy Family Catholic Church in Mitchell, and, and uh, but I never went to Catholic school. Um, and uh, growing up, I, I remember when I was about a second grader, uh, I just received my first communion, and I watched all these other uh, little boys serving Mass. And, and since I didn't go to Catholic school, in those times, we weren't given the opportunity to be altar servers or altar boys. And, and uh, so I remember going to my mother and saying, I want to do that. And, and uh, so she called up Father Lamberty, who has since passed away. And, and uh, so Father Lamberty said, well, have him come in. I'll teach him how to do it. And uh, so I went in, and, and uh, from that point on, I started altar serving and, and uh, just, you know, kind of lived a normal life as a kid. Uh, you know, I played tennis, uh, ran cross country. Um, you know, the vocation, uh, I think it was there, but I never quite recognized it. Um, there was always a drawing or an attraction uh, to the church and, and the service to the church, uh, but I never—I guess I never—I was never—I was never asked if, if I ever considered uh, possibly, you know, serving the church in any capacity, um, especially as a priest. And so I graduated high school and uh, I went off to the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, so my brother was a year ahead of me; he went there, and uh, I had a desire to of service with with kind of the underground under. Uh, ground thing that I that I desired, and so I decided to join the military and, and go to an academy. Um, so I spent four years there, and uh, it was a great, great experience. I majored in aerospace engineering because so if you need a rocket scientist, I can I can be your man. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so yeah, so I you know, but even there it was I was I was drawn to um, you know I was living my faith for myself while I was in college, and you know I think sometimes we have you know. And college kids who turn, you know, maybe towards, well, I have freedom now and, and I can do what I want, and some maybe turn away from the faith, um, or because it doesn't fit into their schedule or their priorities. But you know, for me, you know, God, by God's grace, it, it became a priority to me to really, you know, dive into my faith and learn more about about Christ. And so I was, a, I was a, a weekly in mass every every week, and and uh, really enjoyed getting to know the priest and uh, the chaplains that were serving there. And, um, so I spent four years there, um, graduated, and I took, took a commission in the Marine Corps, and so I became a Marine Corps officer. Um, went off, I had a flight contract, so I was supposed to be, my goal was I wanted to fly helicopters, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, fly the new Osprey, the, the, the double 
the one that can fly both as an airplane as a hel- and as a helicopter. And, uh, that was kind of my dream. And so I graduated, had a flight contract, everything was going my way. <laughs> I went down to Quantico, Virginia, where we do six months of training as military officers, and um, and I got mono. And uh, and so I was taken out of training for a, about a month and a half. And during that time of being taken out of training and just kind of just helping around the base, um, I kind of began to discern, well, maybe this isn't, it's more what I want versus what God wants. And so, um, again, I was very, you know, I was very active in my faith at the time, and and uh, so I gave up my flight contract and just said, okay, I'll I'll take whatever, because the flight contract meant I would probably be in the military for at least ten to fifteen years, and and um, if I was considered in a vocation, I, that was not going to work. Um, and so I, I gave up the flight contract, con- contract, and most people thought I was crazy because <laughs> they're hard to get. <laughs> yeah, talk, uh, talk about that, Father. Like, because that's a huge. I mean, you're doing all this work four years at Annapolis. Your, you know, your dream to drive the or to pilot the Osprey. You're you're moving towards this training, and then it reminds me of Saint Ignatius of Loyola when he got hit by the cannonball and he had this time of of being in his hospital bed to really ponder yeah. the Lord and ponder, okay, well, am, am I doing what the Lord is asking me to do? And you get you get mono, and so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that that discernment because that seemed like a big deal to like, oh, hey, I'm not going to move on. But what was going on in your heart there? Obviously, the faith was always important to you to even ask the question, is this God what's asking me to do? That's a a huge thing. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in your heart there. And it was. It was just uh, the closer I got to Christ and the closer I uh, became aware of His presence in my life, um, the more I, I, I had the desire to at least contemplate serving Him. And it was... Um, and again, I think I, I definitely surprised my family. I've surprised friends. Uh, um, and again, I wasn't I wasn't joining the priesthood yet. I was still I still had a lot to do, but it was really a change in direction. It was I was still going to go serve five years in the Marine Corps, um, mm. but I knew my time would be limited. It would be I would I would have an opportunity at the end of those five years to discern that maybe God wants something different from me. And so it became that. That's what it became. Nathan. do I want? Uh, it gave me an opportunity in five years after I served my 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 time uh, to to really discern uh, the possibility of going into the ministry. And so so I, I gave up the contract. I, I finished up at Quantico and was a, an infantry officer, served in the infantry uh, with the Marine Corps. I was assigned to California, and uh, I love the Marine Corps. I'm, 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 I'm a Marine. I plead, I plead the bread. <laughs> um, and uh, so I was assigned to California, Camp Pendleton, and 1st Battalion, 1st Marines, and uh, got there and and uh, I was the adjutant for my battalion, so I worked for the colonel, who was the battalion commander. And uh, and really, I, I, I uh, uh, deployed uh, to before 9/11. I was deployed as a, our, our unit was doing a natural deployment for six months, and uh, we were in Australia uh, uh, doing some training with the Australian military. And 9/11 happened, and um, and so we were immediately uh, recalled to the ships. And in um, and, and all during this time, I mean. When I was in the ship, my, my best friend became the, the chaplain, <laughs> mm. uh, who, who at the time was a Catholic priest. But I was I kept getting drawn back to, um, and even if they weren't Catholic, the chaplains were always uh, people I was close to. Um, and so I, 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 we got back to the ship, and we went into Pakistan um, for uh, a period of time during the air war, and then went back to the ship, and then went into Afghanistan and the Camp Rhino, uh, the southern part of Afghanistan. Is the, we were the first Marines, uh, first military Americans uh, in country. Um, and, and, and when I was in there, I was uh, so I was trained as an extraordinary Eucharistic minister, as we do in parishes. But in those times, the extraordinary Eucharistic minister 
um, and the military archdiocese could carry the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. Uh, so when we did have literally the Word, we could receive the Eucharist. We don't do that anymore. You have to have a priest to have the Eucharist. But in those times, it was it was still authorized. And so when I was in, both in Pakistan and Afghanistan, we'd never priest. And so the uh, uh, I remember when I was in Afghanistan, they, they flew Jesus in from Qatar. The pilot was Catholic, and he was the minister, or the, he was the extraordinary Eucharist minister. So he flew Jesus into me, landed on a dirt runway in southern Afghanistan, and brought Jesus to me, literally, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And, um, and so I was able to have liturgy of the Word um, and, and, and bring Jesus, literally, in, in the Eucharist to them. And what, 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 what greater comfort um, than to receive Christ in, in such a um, dirty, such a you know, hostile area? Um, and especially when you have young men and women who you know, don't know what the next, next day will bring. You, know, you never quite know in time of war what, when, when it might be your time. And so, again, so all that just continued to you know, boil up in me, just being able to be in a, a very you know, minor way you know, an instrument of bringing Christ to others. Um, so eventually came back. I, I came back from Afghanistan, then I went to Iraq with the Marine, <laughs> and uh, again served in the same capacity as the extraordinary Eucharistic minister. Um, and we were the first ones to invade from Kuwait. Um, spent a lot of time in, in, in Baghdad, Sadr City, um, Al-Hila, which is ancient Babylon. Um, and again, all this was continuing to work on me, like, wh- what does God want? So when my five years came up, um, I, I decided to exit the Marine Corps, and, and, uh, and that's where... Um, I was, I was ready. I, I knew it took me a little bit of time. I taught high school for a couple of years in California. It took me a little time. I, you know, I had, I had cold feet a little bit. Right. <laughs> it was a big change in life. You know, yeah. uh, it was it was a change. It was, but I wanted to I, I wanted to do it for the right reasons. And and uh, and I and looking back, I see how Christ was constantly calling me uh, to this vocation and to, to service people, um, to be the instrument of Christ for others. And and so it, yeah, it was a, it was a kind of a crazy path. <laughs> People say you 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 don't seem like you should be forty five years old, <laughs> but <laughs> but again, it was uh, it was just the um, opportunity to to really serve and to uh, be, be be Christ for others, which which ultimately uh, had me come back to the diocese of Sioux Falls and and uh, pursue the priesthood. Yeah, so. Uh... I, I'm interested, Father, in the next these next two minutes, but uh, yeah. you know, your faith was strong in the midst of being in the military. I don't think that's true for a lot of men and women that are in it because it's a very stressful time. There's a lot of things being thrown at you. Some cling to faith and some throw it away. You know, I've never been in the military, sure. so I can't really speak to it. But tell us just a little bit. You know, what is the I guess the environment of faith within the military, especially being in combat. You know, we always say there's no atheists in foxholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, when I was when I was uh, when I was at Camp Pendleton, I would I would go to daily mass at Camp Pendleton uh, because the priest was was part of our regiment and Father Haddad. We became good friends, and and uh, so we I would go to daily mass and be me and this other guy <laughs> and the priest, right? <laughs> and uh, so when we were sitting in Kuwait going into Iraq, um, you know, we were waiting. We knew we were going to go. We knew it was just a matter of time, and uh, we'd have daily mass, and there would be. Uh, 200 people there, 300 people there. The confession line would be mm-hmm. forever uh, to see Father. And so, I mean, sometimes, I mean, you know, in a in a war zone, in a time of war, you uh, you kind of have to think about what's really important in life. You yeah. know, I remember uh, the last phone call I made home, home to my parents, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know if I'll talk to them again. So what's really important? So that's kind of where, where um, but yeah, you're right. You know, sometimes in our military, there's there can be great faith. Um, you know, but I think sometimes it's when we're stretched. I mean, you think of nine eleven, the faith in America, yeah. you know, people going back to church, people turning back to God. Is you know, and sometimes when you're when you're when you're st- when when you're stressed or when you feel there's no hope, you turn to Christ. 
Exactly. We're speaking with Father Andrew Young from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, giving us just an incredible account of his, his journey uh, through the military. we got to take a quick break, but on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Father Andrew, Andrew Young from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. We'll see you on the other side. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Yeah, I've been listening to Catholic Radio, <clears throat> starting out in Seattle, uh, Sacred Heart Radio. Had a had a long commute, and you know, searching through the stations, kind of came up upon Catholic Radio, and you know, people were asking a lot of questions that I had, and I was able to kind of passively listen to all the different responses and ponder those, and kind of carry on a conversation <laughs> with the radio in my car, and and then proceed to look things up further as I as I learned about it. So so I have a lot of favorites, um, did a lot for me in my life and continues to um, really like Catholic Answers and all the uh, different themed hours they have where people can call in and ask virtually anything, um, like Crest in the Afternoon, getting that uh, Catholic perspective um, on, the, on the news for the day and all that's going on. Um, you know, and I, I could go on and on uh, like all the programs. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are coming to you live from Fargo, North Dakota. I'm your host, Blake Ritterman, along with John Clark. And we're just having a, a wonderful conversation with Father Andrew Young from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, uh, talking about you know, his, his vocation story, how the Lord um, called him um, to be his priest and to serve the people of God um, in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, but also uh, those that are, are serving in the military. So, Father, you know, you're, you're talking about just, you know, you, were, uh, you, you went through your five years of, of service. Um, you kind of knew, hey, maybe I'm supposed to serve the Lord as a priest. You were a teacher in California for a while. I guess what really led you to say, okay, yes, yes, Lord, I see it now. I see what you're doing. At least take the step to apply for seminary. Yeah, it was a priest in California. His name is Father Luke Lovasovich. He was a um, a priest, a religious order priest with the Norbertines. And, uh, and I used to go up to the Norbertine Abbey 
spot three or four times a week and prayed before the Blessed Sacrament in the evening for night prayer. And, and uh, I did a couple come and sees with them as well, so I did kind of discern them. And it wasn't until Father Luke asked me one time if I ever thought of being a priest. And it was the first time I've ever been asked. And hmm. and I'm, I was almost like, I wish someone would ask me sooner. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I mean, I it was, it's because I had thought that, but I'm like, well, obviously God wouldn't be calling me to that because, you know, I didn't go to Catholic school, or I was, you know, I'm not perfect, or or whatever it is, and and uh, but it wasn't until Father Luke asked me the question that I actually that I started. Uh, I felt it in my heart, but I just didn't. I, I couldn't tell anybody because I'm like, well, if, if someone else notices or sees it, then they would say something, and no one's saying anything, so it must be me. And and that, but it was when he asked the question that I that I, I I felt like I could honestly now discern or or I could tell other people. And and then again, it was it's not you know easy to you know tell people you're going to make a completely U-turn in your life or go completely different direction and and um but everyone i told whether it was my parents or my my brother my brother's only comment was you can't cheer for notre dame (laughs) 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 because we're navy fans and we always play notre dame every year so he's like you can't cheer for notre dame (laughs) that was kind of funny um but it was it was it was um and every time people i brought it up to or talked to about it you know they were they were very encouraging and and uh and so they through that through the, the first ask and then you know the encouragement um and again, it was it was again a completely different change in, in direction in my life, and, and I knew it would require a lot more schooling. So um, eventually, I was it was, it was I was actually decided to teach for another year in California, and I just signed my contract that day. And I went to a student bill conference with our youth group, who I was involved with in Mission San Juan Capistrano in San Diego, and uh, we went there and during Holy Hour they had adoration at the end of the first night of the conference. And I knew very clearly I made the wrong decision by signing that contract. And, and so I left the conference, went outside and called the principal, and then I called Father Mason, who was the vocation director in Sioux Falls at the time, and said, it was July, and I said, when can I start? He said, mm. you have to be in Connecticut by the middle of August. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can do that. And so I called my parents and said, oh, by the way, I'm not going to teach in the year. I'm going to go to seminary, and I need to be in, in Connecticut um, in a month and a half, and I need your help. And so they were the first ones to uh, come out and help me move all my stuff uh, back to South Dakota. And because uh, I'd been away, you know, for nearly, you know, 12, 13 years, I'd been away from, from South Dakota. And so I started seminary. And, and uh, again, in the first couple of years were hard. And I was like, what if I, I walked into my room? I'm like, I live in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I had a whole house in California that I, I moved and living in the closet. Uh, but it was, it was just beautiful. It was, um, uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about my faith. I learned, you know, more yeah. academically. Um, I think I had a relationship with Christ. It was more academically that I was, I had never really, I was at the first Catholic school I ever attended was seminary. Yeah. And uh, so, um, so I had two years in Connecticut, and then uh, Bishop Swain was the bishop at the time, and, and he sent me to, to, to Rome for the North American College for four years. And um, So yeah, and then four years later, after after uh, being in Rome for four years, I was ordained a priest in 2012 uh, at the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Sioux Falls. And, uh, and my mother always says, she was worried. She thought I'd be lonely as a priest because I didn't wouldn't have a wife and I wouldn't have children of my own. And uh, she she from the day first day I was ordained, she said I'd never seen you happier. Hmm. And and she and now they try to find scheduled time with me because I'm always busy. I always have you know families to go to houses to and and, uh, and and people to care for and love. So uh, so yeah. So that it, it, that brought me back to Sioux Falls, and I my first uh, duty was the Cathedral of Saint Joseph um, as the parochial vicar um, uh, with Father Fitzpatrick. That's fantastic, Father. <laughs> 
Father, let me first say thank you for your service, both in the military and as a priest. Boy, what two noble callings, and, and it sounds like uh, this is the direction that Jesus has for you. As I listen to you um, and, your, and your story to this point, it, it really drew me into the fact that you had that faith burning in you from the time you first became an altar boy or an acolyte, right? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of was there growing and growing and it manifested itself at the right time. So your faith and was always there. Um, but even after you were ordained, the, there's that military end of it too. That never left you either, did it? It never did. You know, I, I have a great love for our country and uh, the men and women who serve our country and it's not easy, and uh, they sacrifice a lot. And having been in, you know, both Afghanistan and Iraq as a Marine, I know what the cost of war can be. And uh, and and not having a priest, it was, or not having a Catholic priest as a chaplain, uh, was hard at times. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was uh, to have to have the sacrament to be able to go to confession to, ha- to receive the Eucharist. To not have that was um, it was. I-, I felt it was it was it was. I felt sorry for those that were giving up so much. Uh, and then also not having availability to the sacrament and and to, to their to their faith in that in that specific way uh, with the church. And so so after my after my first three years at cathedral, I, I asked Bishop Swain if I could go and be co-sponsored by the military archdiocese, uh, so I could serve again um, in the capacity as a Catholic priest um, in the military. And so so after my three years at cathedral, I went off and I was on a ship uh, out of Norfolk, Virginia, as a, as a Navy chaplain, active duty Navy chaplain. Um, and uh, what a great experience! I just, uh, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's hard. You know, in the military, it can be a, a you know, to be living your faith in the military can be countercultural. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it can be a tough environment, you know, to to live your faith. And uh, but what what great relationships I built um, with people. And uh, I mean, I had mass on, on the ship every day, daily mass. We were deployed, um, and I, you know, regularly had you know fifteen and twenty. Uh, Marines and, and sailors uh, come to mass, and um, eventually I served three years in the Navy on a, on that ship, and then was called back to the diocese to serve um, at St. Lambert's Parish in Sioux Falls, and and I still had it in me to to, to still serve a little more, and so um, before Bishop Swain retired, he 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 asked that I would go serve in the Air Force for a little while, so I went and served three years, and uh, uh, down in in uh, Herbert Field, Florida, I was with the the Special Operations Wing, um, so kind of like the the, the, the seals of the Air Force, and uh, so I was down in, in in Florida, deployed to Afghanistan again, and it was kind of kind of ironic that the first my first deployment as a Marine, I was in Afghanistan when the war began, hmm. and my last deployment with the Air Force, I was nearly twenty years later, I was one of the last ones um, in Afghanistan, and my time there, I was the only Catholic priest for the for the entire U.S. military. My goodness! So I flew around all different locations uh, to bring the Eucharist, to bring Mass, and to to bring Christ to our, our men and women who serve. So, um, so when I was there as a as a Marine, I had Jesus flown to me, and then when I was there twenty years later, I went almost the exact same location for one of the, one of the masses and celebrated mass. So, um, and just you know, giving the giving those airmen and men men and women the, the Eucharist is, is powerful. Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and, and you know, you were a Marine, so you couldn't be a chaplain to Marines. They don't they don't have chaplains. Is that correct? They don't. So the Navy, the Navy provides the chaplains for the Marine Corps, and same with the doctors and nurses. So I had to be Navy first, <laughs> and I got to serve the Marines, but I wasn't like exactly with the Marines. But uh, yeah, the Marines are always going to be important to me. But I've enjoyed my time, and I enjoyed my time in the Air Force and, and the Navy. And, and when I came back, I'm now at Risen Savior in Brandon. I'm the pastor here, 
and uh, but I also join the Air Guard. So I'm I one week in a month I go and serve the men and women in, in Sioux Falls area at the Air Guard and and uh, um, just uh, again continue to serve both both God and country. Uh, that's great, Father. I appreciate just your witness and your your servant's heart, you know, in this and seeing the need. And obviously, from from what you're saying, I mean, especially priests, priests, we need priests. I mean, throughout um, the world, really, um, but specifically in uh, in uh, United States of America, but also in the military. There's a there's a real need. I mean, to be the only chaplain for the U.S. military in Afghanistan. I mean, my my goodness. I mean. Uh, that's just kind of boggles my mind in a lot of ways, but it kind of also speaks to just here in America to have, I mean, I can go to the parish right across the street and there it is, you know, there's a priest, but tell us a little bit. And we have about two minutes here, father, how would you encourage men first, you know, considering the priesthood or, you know, uh, how would you encourage others if they're considering the military as well? Like how, how would you help them along the way? You know, with vocations, it's, uh, it's, I think sometimes maybe men like I felt very inadequate. Like, there's no way God be calling me. I don't even have a Catholic education. Not that God possibly could be calling me. And so I think it is I, it, someone asking. I think if we have to ask our young young men, you know, if they're if they've ever thought about serving um, as as a priest or or you know in in the capacity of the church. And I think first thing is they ask because I mean if I was if I wasn't asked by Father Luke, I don't know if I'd be a priest today. Because mm. I, I don't know if I would have the confidence to. To, to say, well, this must be what God wants, um, even, even if it's only coming from myself. And so I think it's asking, you know, and encouraging our young, young, men, young men to, to, to consider, to consider the, 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 the priesthood. And, and the military is a kind of like a call, we call it a call within a call. And it's, I mean, anyone who has ever, you know, thought about the military or, or you know, discerned serving the military, you know, to serve as a Catholic priest in the military, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great um, gift. And 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 I and I can even say even even like those are non-Catholic in the military because we serve all we provide the sacraments to the Catholics, I'm in mass the Catholics, but we serve I, I counsel people from all different faith denominations or no faith, and uh, and just to be able to bring that bring what what I bring what we bring the faith, and even in a capacity where there's no one who believes, you know, because because we're because we're different, you know, we bring them and we can bring them hope, we can bring them something that they may not get anywhere else, and and uh, so so in in and the. the the Protestant chaplains I, I served with were so thankful to have a Catholic priest, and it was always kind of made me laugh because it's like they they just loved having a Catholic priest because they knew that we brought something different. Um, and so again, it's, it, it is a call and a call. But anyone who might be a priest, you know, has ever thought about serving in the military, you know, it's it's the archdiocese. We're kind of loaned to the archdiocese uh, for a period of time, and uh, but there's really it's, it's a great way to to serve the church. And as Bishop Swain used to say, you know. We have a lot of men and women from South Dakota who serve in the military, and his, it's his responsibility to keep them in the faith, and that's through chaplains. Beautiful. Father Andrew, thank you so much for your witness and your gift of priesthood to others. Um, I just really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. God bless you. That was Father Andrew Young, and I am Blake Ritterman, along with John Clark with Real Presence Live. We have to take a little bit break, a little bit of break here. But on the other side, we're going to talk with uh, the Knights of Columbus working to build a culture of life. We'll take a look at one of their initiatives when we come back from this break. Stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 